Hey, it's Grimey here. And Derek. And before we kick off tonight's show, we wanted to read off one of our reviews of the month. That's right. From over on Apple Podcasts, 2CSR3 left us a review. It says, Leftovers? Not hardly. The content Grimey and Derek put out is fully as fresh as it gets. For a nostalgic nerd like myself, I slurp up every episode like it was the first icy of the summer as a kid. All jokes aside, these guys are as cool as it gets and are always primed for a great nostalgic listen. With great on-air chemistry and varied content for everyone tuning in is a no-brainer. Thanks, fellas, for a great show and all the additional content and conversations in the Pizza Club. Thank you. Two CSR3. Very cool. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the reviews. That's right. And if you want to be featured on next month's episode, make sure you leave a written review on our Apple Podcast page. We appreciate it very much. So thank you as always and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Leftover Pizza Podcast. Grimy here, and of course, I'm sitting here with my homeboy, Derek. Hey, yo. <laughs> I got a tummy full of pork. I feel good. I feel ready. A t- tummy full of pork? What did you eat? Pork. A belly full of pork, I tell you what. I sous-vided Ooh, some pork chops this evening fancy. with a little maple mustard uh, glaze to go over the top. <laughs> oh, Wow. Your boy eating good, I tell you what. (laughs) (laughs) Emerald's proud of you right now. He is, though the USDA, I think that's the the old ball and chain who tells you, you need to cook your meat. They don't want you to do that. Very, 165, I set it to a sweet 137 on pork grimy, and once I seared it in the pan, came up to 145, well under the recommended cooking temperature uh consuming temperature for pork you might as well say uh, i cooked it a little bit uh on the forbidden side tonight you're a segwayologist right here with this one so <laughs> tonight's show just happens to be about forbidden things things that us 90s and early 2000s kids were forbidden to do at such a young age isn't that right is that what the show is about tonight I, uh, wow, I am ill-prepared. This is the first time hearing of it. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, this is a pretty cool concept, I think. I mean, there's an awful lot of things that a lot of us kids wanted to do at such a young age that, you know, you might not bat an eyelash at these things nowadays, but back when we were kids, certain things were just taboo. You couldn't do them. And right here, right now, we're going to delve into eight things. Eight things, yeah. Eight whole things that my mom said... No good for you. Either it's going to rot your teeth, it's going to rot your mind, or it's going to throw you out of the house. My mom, at least. I don't know about yours. Probably the same. So, uh, I don't know, flip a coin. You want to just go first? You want me to go first? What's the deets here? Uh, You know what? You can do the honors. <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> is away. That, 
Is that the gentlemanly thing to do? That to is. To offer is. up your services instead of my own. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fully loaded citrus soda with carbos. Beat the rush. All right, this first one, the coolest big kid soda around, and that is Surge from 1997. Surge. Man, it always comes back to Surge, doesn't it? It really does. Not just with you, with everybody. I just... Yeah. Surge is just so popular still. It's fucking badass, dude. I mean, that's one of those... uh, you know that meme that's going around right now, like, ooh, Red 40 makes me crazy. Oh, I love me some Red 40. Like, I, you know, not that they're the same thing, because there was obviously no Red 40 in Surge. Surge is your Red 40? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, it was all of our collective Red 40s. Oh, yeah. You know, Red 40 is the hot new thing that makes people crazy these days. Surge was the hot new uh, thing back in 1997 that made oh, everybody God. lose their minds. It was, and I think I lost my mind as well. I mean, I can't say enough about Surge. I really can't. It's just lost his mind, never to return. He yeah. can't even formulate a sentence. Not at That's all. the Surge effect, ladies and gentlemen. It was killing synapses left and right. They were shorting out faster than my fucking <laughs> breaker down in the basement. <laughs> so, a little backstory: put on the market by Coca Cola in 1997 to compete with Pepsi's Mountain Dew. It kind of advertised like it had an edge to it, similar to what Mountain Dew was already kind of doing in their advertising campaigns. For the longest time, it was kind of like a playground urban legend around my area because we couldn't really get it there. It was just something you were told stories about. Ah, it was like the Bigfoot of soda for you, eh? Dude, it was. It's crazy. Like, (laughs) I've never seen one. Until I did, I I doubted its existence. Now, it's funny, before we go any further, um, that you're mentioning that they're making Surge, the Coca-Cola company, as a competitor to Mountain Dew, Mm -hmm. because they already had Mellow Yellow. That was their official competitor to Mountain Dew. But Mellow Yellow, I mean, yes, it's still around. Yes, it's in that one song from the 70s. uh, But like... (laughs) I don't know if it's related. Don't quote me on that. Probably not. But um, I don't know. Mellow Yellow is just like that. That shit never took off, man. It it never captured that same youthful essence that Mountain Dew seemed to wrangle in a similar vein to like Taco Bell. Oh yeah, you know? sure, yeah. Like like Mountain Dew had a stranglehold on youth. And it kind of still does. It it's does. largely regarded as a teen boy soda. And and Mellow Yellow was never that. Like, no. So I, I think it's interesting that despite them having a direct competitor, they're like, hey, we need something that's more hot and more hip. And that's, that's exactly it. I mean, I know that Mellow Yellow tried. They had that one can the one time that was kind of resembled that 90s cherry Coke can, the black and red one with like the, the Nirvana writing all over it. But that's about as far as that competition went. Surge inevitably took over what Mellow Yellow couldn't do. So 
Uh, I think the first time I ever saw one, I, uh, my brother and his friends brought a case home and I don't know where they got it from. I'm pretty sure it was like they went out of town or like his, his friend's uncle or something went somewhere and brought a case home and was like, here it is. Here's the stuff like some fucking Mexican cartel. I was going to say, <laughs> we, we can't say where we went, but we got we it. Got it. Don't ask questions. <laughs> it's, it's in the bag. Don't worry about it. But no, seriously, it felt like that. And I was forbidden to drink this stuff before it even entered the house. It was so fucking edgy and cool, and I couldn't be a part of it. And I hated my mom ever since. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, what a fucking bitch. Yeah, still mad I at I love her. you, but I hate you at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, I get that. I mean, I think just in general... Uh, in childhood, soda is largely a banned and forbidden substance for a lot of people. At least it was for me at, for a certain point. Uh, the only time that the soda was free-flowing was during like a birthday party or a 4th of July party. Some big party where coolers were out and easily accessible. Otherwise, you're lucky if you're getting that stuff once a week, brother. And it's usually when we're... Um, having pizza on like a Friday night. And even uh, for a while, when we would go to McDonald's, I think that's why I ended up getting high C orange for as long as I did. Cause my mom somehow deluded herself into thinking that that was healthier. It wasn't, let's be real. It was just as bad as that, but, but listen, it has vitamin C. <laughs> <laughs> it technically has vitamin C and it doesn't have bubbles. We all know that the, the, <laughs> The least healthy part about soda is the bubbles. It's the bubbles, yeah, not the caffeine. So, have you had you ever had surge before? I did not have surge when it was out. Again, that would have been in my absolutely banned phase. Like I wasn't even allowed to drink a Coke at that point. Really? Uh, oh man, I feel bad for no. you because we were drinking soda like it was fucking water, which it's it's telling. Oh, so I understand it now, you know. Right? Yeah, the red forty eyes are yeah. right there for me. I can see, you know, they're staring right. They're back glossy. At me through that. They're glistening. <laughs> Um, so actually the first time that I had a surge was during its re-surge-ince. Was it its re-re-surge-ince or just re re surge So you didn't yes, buy it from Amazon. You bought it at Walmart or some Dollar General or something. Yeah, they were popping up uh, around gas stations yeah. back in like 2017, 2018. And that was my first surge ever. And mm-hmm. then... uh Remember that uh, Burger King? I almost called it Kurger Bank. Oh, yeah, Burger yeah. King started getting them uh, in the Coke freestyle machines too, yeah, which yeah. was pretty wild. It's pretty Something wild. Something that had been gone so long is just now like in this machine and you can mm. go down to Burger King and get it. Wild. It is wild. Uh, so that was my first experience. I was, you know, 25, 26 and uh, it was tasty. But um, as we've discussed on the show before, I had vault growing up, so I think Which is I was just comparing it to vault. And yeah. I was like, I think I like vault a little bit better. I know it's sacrilegious, but when that's like the first experience, the first taste you have, I think you're. I'm kind of comparing the two, you know? Right. Well, a lot of people compared the two. A lot of people say it's pretty identical. Other people say it's close. I can't say for myself because I don't really remember Vault too much. I do remember Surge. But anyhow, my first Surge happened just a little bit later in 97, I believe. It was uh, it was either 97 or 98. So 
we were on this trip in uh, elementary school to the Erie Zoo. So like we head to the concession stand area. It's like this little room and there's a couple of vending machines. And I turn and I look and on this vending machine, there's a big fucking square. You know, most of them have the little rectangular stickers. No, 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 not this one. This one had the big square. It said Surge with a green background and a red splash with just Surge in big capital letters. And I was like, Fuck, I need it. And I, I mean, I leapt across from the opening of that, that room all the way to that machine, just leapt with one single fucking swoop. And I had Surge in my hands, finally. My first, uh, I feel like one of my first forbidden loves. Ooh, well, Valentine's Day was yesterday, so that's a fitting, a fitting tribute Absolutely. to your first long lost love. Giant hunts Amazon Gilman in the most astounding expedition of our time. This is exactly as it was 150 million years ago when it was part of the Devonian era. As man continues his conquest of the unknown, daring underwater adventurers challenge the world's most treacherous waters to find the only living link with the beginning of time. Creature from the Black Lagoon, rising from the monstrous depths to astound and terrorize the world. No! Feel the frightening fury of a man-beast. All right, so you were just talking about how Surge is your long-lost love. Um, I'm going to talk about something that I've had a love-hate relationship with. Um, More love than hate, but there was a very uh, uh, pinpointed time in my life when I was a young little lad, about five or six years old, kindergarten, I believe, um, and I, of course, I'm talking about the Universal Monsters, Grimy. But not just all the Universal Monsters. I'm specifically talking about the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> the old Creech. You had some Creech. love hate with the old Creech. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to back it up a ways. And I'm going to start back from the beginning here. So I think I've mentioned on probably our first year of shows that we were doing leftover pizza um a story about how my uncle and my grandfather built a frankenstein costume complete with the platform boots uh and they put it on my cousin who was already like a nice 6263 kid he was in the army he was built and then they threw another six inches on top of them because of these platform boots that my grandfather built, complete with a uh, Glenn Strange uh, Frankenstein mask. They had him get up off the, the picnic table out back at my grandparents' house, and he was walking around, and it scared the shit out of me. So from that point on, uh, I was a little petrified of Universal Monsters. But in that specific instance... It was me being afraid of Frankenstein. Do you remember that story at all? No. <laughs> so I'm sitting no? here like, yeah, I'm going. Uh, no, yeah. I, know, well, I don't we'll think to, I heard this we'll one. We'll have to but... find that old episode. I know I brought it up at one point, but that's that's like a core memory for me yeah. uh, where my uncle's telling me that the Universal Monsters are cool and I'm trying to go along with it and play it cool and then that happens and it breaks my brain because now all of a sudden it's like that I think you should leave meme where it's just like, monsters are real, monsters are on Earth with us, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
now I don't really know what to make of the Universal Monsters. I'm like, well, you know, I know that was my cousin, but also monsters might be real. But I also want to go along with what my uncle is telling me and say, yeah, monsters are cool. So I, I'm starting to, you know, be play it cool. Be like, yeah, I like the Universal Monsters. Well, around this time, post-trauma, uh, is when the Universal Monsters are really having their big late 90s resurgence when you could walk into any cvs and pick up uh you know stuffed animals of the creature of dracula oh yeah whatever it might be you could walk into any toys r us and now they've got all of the collector's edition figures out that are like these beautifully detailed for the first time ever uh universal monster figures there are puzzles there are I mean, you name it, there's Universal Monsters. Hell, there were skateboarding Universal's Monsters. Hell yeah, you can uh, go into Blockbuster and see some standees. I mean, everywhere. Everywhere. Um, so it's around this time where I'm like, yeah, they're pretty cool. I'm down with this. And my uncle goes, yeah, you're down with it? And I was like, yeah, I am. And so right before my birthday, my uncle goes, hey, out of all the monsters... If you could only pick one, which one is your favorite? Now, keep in mind, I haven't watched any of these movies ever in my life. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just picking based off of how cool I think they look. And I said, you know, I think it's the creature from the Black Lagoon. He goes, okay, good to know. So a couple weeks later, my birthday rolls around. Like I said, I might be turning like six at this point. Um, My uncle comes in with not one present, but like a bounty of gifts. I'm going, whoa, hey, all right. So we're having the party. I start opening up his presents. And next thing you know, I open up like a two foot tall creature stuffed animal, which I still have. I open up uh, another one and it's, you know, like those... um, it's not a stress ball, but it's goopy, kind of like the heads of the stretch screamers. Oh, okay. So you like squeeze it, and then like something pops out of the eyes or something, and exactly. So I get one of those from him. Like that's really cool. I open up another package. It's like I mentioned previously, a skateboarding creature. It's a little tiny figure, and he's on a, like a little tech deck skateboard. I'm like, oh man, I love it. Open up another one. It's a collectible figure. It's a nice creature. Uh, like kind of like a boat scene. Uh, so there, there's one of those. I open up another one. He gets me a creature puzzle. I open up another gift. <laughs> he hands me. I, I could keep going, man. It, there's just so much there. And I'm like, holy crap, this is really, really cool. Um, and so I've got like seven or eight total creature things at the end of this birthday. And I'm like head over heels. I'm like, this is cool. I'm finally part of the cool crowd. And so that's when the problems start because I'm not cool with it. I'm, I'm starting to get a little freaked out by all of this monster stuff that's surrounding me in my bedroom. <laughs> Cause now it's in my bedroom, man. And, and not two feet away from me. I have a creature staring me right in the eyes and I'm going, Oh boy, I thought I liked this, but I don't know if I'm ready for this yet, right? Now, I already wasn't a good sleeper at this point. I was afraid of everything. My dad used to have to lay 
on the floor next to me for like 45 minutes to calm me down so that I would get calm enough so I could go to sleep because I did not like sleeping by myself. I didn't like the dark. I always thought there was monsters on my bed. I was that kid. So now you throw some (laughs) monsters into the mix. This is not a good combination, okay? This is a recipe for a disaster. Well, night after night now, I start having bad dreams, bad dreams, bad dreams. And it finally all comes to a head about a week after my birthday when I'm having a freak out. And my dad comes in, and he is pissed, and he is like, what are you afraid of? And I said, I had a bad dream. The creature from the Black Lagoon got me. And he goes, that's it. He grabbed everything except the stuffed animal creature, the two-foot-tall one. And I shit you not, Grimy, he tossed it in a trash bag, and out the door it went. That's how upset he was. And I had my very own creep show moment where my dad basically said, no more monsters. You are done with monsters. You cannot handle monsters. And so for a good long time, I was done with monsters until I started getting the bug. My same uncle handed me a box of his old VHS tapes, horror tapes at this point. We're talking Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Chucky. And now I'm so petrified of these tapes that I don't want to watch horror movies at first because I'm thinking back to my dad's overreaction about these creature, uh, (laughs) these little uh, creature doodads that he threw out. And I'm like, man, I don't know that I can handle these yet. (laughs) So finally, my friends at school, they started talking to me. Yeah, you can handle Chucky. Just watch a Chucky movie. Just watch a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. So eventually... Against my parents' wishes, years later, I do get back into horror and then eventually cycle back around to the Universal Monsters. But it took a whole forbidding of Universal Monsters and the creature specifically (laughs) for me to get to that point. So very integral to who I am uh, for my love of monsters in Halloween and horror. Uh, I had to be denied it first. You know? That that fascinates me because now you go to Universal Horror Nights like every year. <laughs> it's like your favorite I, I thing. mean, if I can, if I can get down there and if I can swing it, I try to, yeah. But I live for it now. Um, my parents embrace it now. They know that I love horror and monsters and they're like, cool, man, good for you. Love that you're there. My uncle and I, it's still our thing. Uh, him and I together about monsters and specifically I do still have a favorite universal monster and despite our long uh, troubled history it is still the creature from the black lagoon still the creature that's good man full circle full circle hey I mean you don't put in all that work to not have it be the creature what what a fucking disappointing story this would have been if I was like and it's the wolf man (laughs) Well, I mean, I think you owe it to the creature after letting your dad throw all the cool stuff out, so. <laughs> I do. I really do. We are Flintstones kids, 10 million strong and growing. It's a big world, and nobody knows more about helping kids grow into it than Flintstones, with all the vitamins kids need. Flintstones, America's favorite. All right, Derek, my next pick, Flintstones vitamins. Now, 
I know. I know exactly the reaction I'm going to get from this one. Is they're, they're vitamins. These aren't bad. Why are these forbidden? Well, let me tell you that this was my first foray to slang and drugs on the streets, kids. What <laughs> the hell? Oh, my God. You were slinging bed rock? Bed rock. That's, that's good, man. Oh. I like that. Oh, yeah, I, I was slid- thank you. slanging the bed rocks all over. I'm like probably five or six years old. I have some friends over and the Flintstone vitamins, you know, if you're a Flintstones vitamin kid, you know that you've taken, you take however many of them, one or two a day, right? So we're out playing. My mom calls me in and she's like, hey, you got to take your vitamin. I come over there and I get my precious little forbidden sweet tart. and I <laughs> munch that thing down and then I come back outside with my friends and they're like, what the fuck was that just now? And I was like, it was a vitamin. You take vitamins, right? And they're like, well, no, not really. I'm like, oh, well, we, I get Flintstone vitamins. And they're like, wait, hold up, Flintstone vitamins. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, this is, you guys don't do this? So me, you know, Flintstone vitamins are a delicacy and I think every kid should enjoy them. So I go back in the house and I grab the bottle. And I'm like, yeah, I get these here. You can have one if you want. And I'm passing them out to like my three friends that are there. My mom comes out and she's like, seeing me pass out these little beautiful morsels to all my friends. And she's like, oh, you really shouldn't be doing that in her own special way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds a lot worse than the way I put it. But I don't, I don't even remember if I ever get Flintstones vitamins ever again after that. Like it was just that bad of a thing. I didn't comprehend it then. I get it now. You can't just be handing out little vitamin treats to, to kids. But like I said, there's no reason no kid should ever be able to say that they've never had Flintstones vitamins. It kind of it kind of blows my mind that they still make them today, but they make them in like different forms. So they make them in like gummy form. And man, if they had gummies back in the day, I know for sure I'd be slanging them on the streets next. <laughs> okay, so uh, the gummy vitamins are a bit misleading because I always thought that the gummy vitamins were going to be way, way better than they actually ended up being. Uh, they're fine for what they are, but honestly, if you're comparing the two, a Flintstones and a gummy multivitamin, I'm taking the Flintstones every time. Yes. Uh, And I don't know if that's just me because that's what I grew up on, like you, where I've got a taste for it, or um, if they're really that good. I'd be curious now to ask kids who've had the option all their life, you know, if they want a Flintstones or if they want a gummy, which one they would take. Like, maybe the Flintstones aren't actually as good as we remember, and and the gummy would be preferable, but I don't want to live in a world where that's the case. Uh, and also, I do want to say, while I did have Flintstones vitamins growing up, I also had a different version of multivitamins. And now, thinking about it, they were probably just like the budget version of Flintstones. They were mm. little circus animals instead of actual Flintstones. Uh, so there was like an orange flavor was a tiger and they had like a little, you know, I'm making this up cause I don't really remember, but maybe it was like a purple was the elephant. And that was like your grape flavor. And like, I don't know, a fucking cherry clown. Not really, but you know I mean? Rock people. 
<laughs> yeah, rock people. Rock people. The Fraggle Rocks. Yes. Pebble Kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was uh, also um, something I would have. Instead of the Flintstones, we're like the little circus animals. Weird that they were your little forbidden thing because you were doing a little drug deal. The only time I can say that I ever had a medicine forbidden to me were the baby aspirins, Grimy. Baby aspirin? Bubblegum flavored baby Of course aspirin. it had to be bubblegum flavored. You and your fucking amoxicillin oh. flavored everything, I'm telling you. Listen, I think the only time I ever wanted to eat drugs like they were candy were for the uh, <laughs> bubblegum flavored baby aspirin. <laughs> I just wish they would make a candy that actually tasted like it because it is so specific. And it's like, I don't know. It's just delicious. I know you're supposed to take it for little fevers or like preventing a heart attack or something. And actually, maybe I'm at the point in my life where I could start taking a baby aspirin, you know, like reduce the risk. It's like a Bayer, a Bayer back and body. They said it's good for the heart. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Mm. Uh, if you if you at home listening know anything about... um health and wellness uh don't write in don't dissuade me from doing this i want to eat baby aspirin leave me alone (laughs) it's a network television first we set up the situation and the cast of drew wings it i haven't been this close to an eagle since i slept with joe walsh they'll have no script no net and no idea where they're going are you out of your mind only drew carey could do a show like this daddy likes it's a brand new unscripted drew wednesday at 9 8 central on ebc all right so for my next pick here, Grimy, I'm going broad with it. <laughs> going broad with it. <laughs> Everything I'm choosing tonight, I'm going broad with, but this one, I, I'm just calling adult comedies. And I did air quotes. If you you can't see me at home, you can only hear me. I just did air quotes for adult comedies. So I think you can sort of infer what that means. What kid didn't have an adult comedy they didn't want to watch when they were too young to be watching them. I mean, we've gone over it a million and one times now, but South Park is probably my ultimate number one adult comedy band in this house. But so wasn't things like Family Guy, you know, couldn't watch Family Guy for a long time because that's inappropriate and they make jokes that aren't appropriate for you at this stage in your life. Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, sure, fine. <laughs> but I, that's not really what I'm focusing on here. Because those were always going to be banned for me. Um, Those were things that didn't have any value, that were too raunchy. Of course, my parents were going to look at it and weren't going to give it the time of day. Here's where I'm going with it. These were things, shows or movies, that I was allowed to watch for a while because they were appropriate in one way or another. Mm. Maybe there was like a hint of inappropriateness here or there, but at the time that I was watching them, all those dirty jokes were going right over my head. Right. You know, it wasn't like South Park where they're outwardly saying fuck or things like that. You know, uh, things like the Drew Carey show or King of the Hill, both which became banned, and I'll get into the specifics in a moment. Um, they're not crass shows. They're adult in some ways, but they're also pretty accessible in others where 
you could show a kid an episode of King of the Hill. And most kids are going to watch it and be bored by King of the Hill because See, it's not. That's what I was going to say is like my mom. I, I remember being able to watch King of the Hill. And I think it's because my mom didn't think I was actually paying attention. She was like, ah, he doesn't like this shit. But like the fuck I didn't. but king of the hill is also one of those shows where you can appreciate it just because it's a cartoon yeah and then the older you get the more relatable it becomes and then you're finally at the right age where you're like yeah i'm hank and his buddies i get it i'm here um so these are shows like i said you know I was at one point allowed to watch uh, Drew Carey and King of the Hill were both on at a certain point when I got out of school. So, you know, from three to three thirty and then from three thirty to four o'clock, I at a certain point could watch King of the Hill and the Drew Carey show. And I would. These are shows that I would watch when I got out of school. Yeah, they're all fantastic shows. All fantastic. I still love them. Um and I got each of those taken away one by one. <laughs> and they got taken away because my mom walked in at the perfect time on each show and saw a scene that she immediately went, nope, not appropriate <laughs> Not for this you. one. <laughs> <laughs> so Drew Carey, I don't know if you remember, but there's a scene. It's one of the more famous scenes in that show. Um where Drew and Oswald and somebody else are dressed up like UPS men. Mm. And years before the Lonely Island did the dick in a box joke, these three guys walk in, I believe they're probably in a strip club, a male strip club, you know, for ladies and the (laughs) like. And they get up on stage and they start doing a little bit of a dance. They've got a package that they're all holding. (laughs) Right in front of their crotch, okay? So they're dancing. It's funny. We're having a good time. Next thing you know, they all stop and face forward, and all three of them take their hands off of the packages, and the packages stay put in front of their crotch. (laughs) Wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. What? Hold on. (laughs) This is when my mom walks in the room. Then. All three of them in in sync, take their hand, smack the box, and all of the boxes start spinning around their dicks. Oh, my God. <laughs> or at least that's the joke. That's what they want you to think is happening. Right. My mom sees this, and she goes, what are you watching? And I said, Drew Carey. And she goes, no more. That's it. No more <laughs> Drew Carey in this house. And I was like, Huh? Because I didn't really even get the joke. I didn't understand what was happening. So she actually drew attention to the penis joke. And it got me thinking critically (laughs) about what that meant in the first place. If she hadn't banned anything, then there wouldn't have been an issue to begin with. Right. Yeah. (laughs) She just brought it to fruition pretty much. Like, yeah, this happens and now they can do that. Like, what? What? Um, How does that work? Yeah, you uh-huh. know, that's kind of crazy. I, I mean, I'm not real, real familiar with the Drew Carey show. I didn't realize it got quite that, uh, I, I guess, gritty. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> it got that adult-like. 
and when I'm um when I'm describing it, it definitely sounds more uh risque than it actually is. It's yeah. like a thirty second bit, and it's played lighthearted and for laughs. It's okay. not like. It's not as raunchy as something like <laughs> Dick in the Box. It really is a flash in the pan, stupid, dumb moment. And unless you're trying to really understand what's going on, like if you're an adult, you get it. But it's like such a nothing moment that you would never think about it again. Right, right. Uh, but the only reason that I think about it all the time is because it was banned. That was the <laughs> reason that got the show forbidden in my house. Oh, <laughs> what a bummer. And then King of the Hill had another similar moment for those of you who have seen the show before um in one of the earlier seasons there's an episode where Luann we find out that she comes from a trailer and the only reason that she's living with Hank and Peggy is that her trailer flipped over during a tornado and they didn't realize that she still had a trailer they were told Hank and Peggy that her trailer got wrecked and destroyed when Hank finds out that all he has to do is go flip the trailer back over right side up so that he can get Luann out of his house, it creates this whole big stir. And long story short, Luann is back in the trailer park and only Hank finds out that there's going to be another tornado tearing through, potentially putting Peggy... Luann and Bobby at risk of of getting injured. And so he drives over there to to help and to save them and to get them out of there. And in the process, the tornado comes through as he's like walking across the trailer park to them. And of course, the twister uh, basically rips all of Hank's clothes off one by one. So there is a scene, and of course, it's right when my mom walked in, where Hank, he's giving actually a very nice speech about how he loves Peggy and that he's sorry for being a jerk as he's hanging from a light pole and his pants get ripped off of him. Well, she doesn't see that and she doesn't like hear the heart of it. She just sees Hank Hill's naked butt walking across <laughs> the screen to, to Peggy and Bobby and Luann. And again, she says, what is this? And I say, it's King of the Hill. And she goes, uh-uh, you're done. So again, burned into my brain. Oh, my God. Another show that gets banned because she walked in at the right time and she's missing context. <laughs> Parents can be so harsh, man. Like, is it really that bad? Come on, Mom. Come on. <laughs> they don't even understand. You they know? just don't understand. They just don't understand. And hey. I'll give you one last one very quickly. We'll we'll rip through it. We were big fans of Adam Sandler in my house growing up. Me specifically. I had all of his movies. I watched them all the time. The guy was my idol. Um, so this is the kicker. I was able to watch basically all of his movies, but Little Nicky comes out. I watch it a few times. I'm loving it. There's a line where he says, can I wash my winky in your kitchen sinky? <laughs> I think that's the funniest line that's ever been committed to film. My mom hears how hard I'm laughing at that. And just little Nikki gets a band put on it for a few years until I'm quote unquote old enough to watch it again, which was around the time I was 13. <laughs> so, wow. I could still watch Happy Gilmore. I could still watch Billy Madison. Little Nikki off limits. In all fairness, I think little little Nikki's probably the worst of the three. Yeah, well, don't defend her decision. <laughs> <laughs> don't defend her decision at all. <laughs> <laughs>
A lot of older people music for me was strictly off limits as a kid, but one of my favorite bands was a huge deal in the Forbidden Book, and that was Green Jello. Or green jelly. A lot of people might pronounce it green jelly. So they're just right off the bat. I wanna, I wanna get that out of the way. So they were, they were sued by Kraft at some point in time because they used Jello as their name. It was O with two dots over top of it. So they changed it to Y with two dots, but they kept the pronunciation the same, from what I understand. Kraft, uh, the least <laughs> metal company around. That's not metal at all. Like what the fuck. It's the opposite of metal. If anything, yeah. that's very, very new wave of them. It's very jello of them. <laughs> that it is. We can't say that. No. Nope. We'll get sued. So in 1993, uh, there was an album called Serial Killer Soundtrack, which was an absolute banger for me and my siblings. And I don't exactly remember how we got a hold of this CD other than it was like one of them columbia house cd club magazines i think my mom was like hey to my big brother and you know your birthday's coming up or whatever here order some cds and i'll, I'll get them for you so like he knew what most of these bands were uh -huh. he wasn't dumb he was like all right i'll circle this one and this one and just my mom probably just assuming it was like a kid's thing or something because if you look at the, the case the cover of it it's very comic-y like it has a little number one stamp in the top left corner it, it looks like a comic book or like some kind of a a children's thing with cartoony looking characters on the front but i will always remember the living room controversy after this mishaps so he gets the cd it comes in however many weeks it takes and we keep this album secret for as long as possible until basically mm -hmm. we have a moment like you and your mom with your your movies she comes in at like the worst time there's a song it is called house me teenage rave where there's a guy talking about his monkey and there's girls in the background saying, well, will it bite? And he's like, no, it won't bite if you treat him good. And you can kind of see where it's going here. And there's like a girl's uh -huh. muffled, muffled words. And yeah, it's pretty, pretty raunchy. Um, even by mm -hmm. today's standards, it's, it's still pretty raunchy CD. And my mom walks in on that. And then she's looking through the, the back and there's the three little pig songs. She's like, okay, that's not so bad. But then she sees the misadventures of shit man. And she's like, all right, snaps the CD in half. And she's like, never again, throws it out. So snaps it in half, <laughs> snaps that bitch right in half. Holy dude. cow. She was dude, not she... messing around. No, she rarely did. Uh, there was one other incident <laughs> where it was exactly like that, and it was actually an Adam Sandler. It was like one of his albums or something. I can't remember which one it was, but it had like piece of shit car on it. It was on a uh, tape. She snapped yeah, that the bitch one right with in the half. Fucking the goat. Uh, yeah, goat on it too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, um, she probably snapped that one. I would assume just out of sheer uh, annoyance with having to listen to it. You know. No, see, she used to listen to it. Like her and my dad, I remember them both like listening and laughing and stuff. And like we weren't really supposed to be listening to it, but we were in the other room and we could overhear it. We're like, oh, well, this is kind of all right. Mm -hmm. Sneak in. They're like, okay, don't repeat it. But then we would be caught listening to it on our own. And somehow that was worse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought it was going to go some other way where, you know, one too many shooby doobies in 
Habidu. And, and that <laughs> was it. She just <laughs> lost her mind. She's like, that's it. <laughs> no, I think we hit like some kind of weird boundary of it where we were just like repeating too many things. Like not yeah. spo- not really shooby doobies or anything like that, but everything <laughs> else that shouldn't have been repeated. And she was like, no, we can't do this. But with uh, Green Jello, there was very, very much less repeating this album because we knew it would instantly get banned. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it didn't stop mm-hmm. us from listening to it all the time until the, the fateful day. So I'll always remember Green Jello in my, my heart. <laughs> let me let me ask you this one question to try to get to the um to the bottom of this. Um did your mom like or hate Polly Shore? Oh, she liked Polly Shore. She liked Polly Shore. She was a pretty big fan of Polly Shore, yeah. Yeah, I think we all okay. were though. So, did your mom like or hate the band Tool? I don't think she was aware of the band Tool. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. I thought I had cracked the code here because I'm I'm reading about this song, Three Little Pigs. Okay. And the voices of the Three Little Pigs are Les Claypool doing a guest appearance, Maynard James Keenan, and Polly Shore. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how the fuck Polly Shore gets in on that, but I guess it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to say, you know, maybe she hates the weasel. She can't stand the weasel. And that was the real reason for her snapping it in half. She says, fuck you, Polly Shore. No, dude. She was all about his grindage. She was there for it. <laughs> um, she was there to wheeze the juice. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right, so I don't think that we could do a forbidden show without me popping into the realm of video games, because let's face it, video games are, were, and always will be a hot topic, all right? It's going to be always ripe for banning from from all generations, from here on out, way back then, now, 50 years from now, as long as there's video games, there's going to be a parent forbidding a video game in a house. Oh, That's yeah. That's just how it's going to go. Video man. games are the, the banning MVP. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, they want to be banned so hard that Congress wanted to get rid of Dude. them. All right? <laughs> it, it, it's and real when Congress, Congress jumps in. Congress doesn't even want to get rid of guns, and Congress was <laughs> like, hey, this Mortal Kombat might be worse than guns, man. <laughs> Holy shit. No, put more of them on the street. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, though, fuck that, dude. Uh, now, we're talking about Mortal Kombat, and it's funny. I, well, maybe not funny, depending on who you are. To me, it's funny. I was like three and four years old, and I was playing Mortal Kombat. I was playing Doom. There was no issue there. My parents did not care what I I was playing in terms of video games because they didn't share that viewpoint. They might have been banning Adam Sandler movies and they might have thought racy jokes were bad, but like when it comes to blowing people up or chopping people up with a chainsaw or ripping a spinal column out of somebody, who gives a shit? That's Let the fine. kid do it. It's not real. 
And they understood that that wasn't real. And it was like, okay, that's cool. So it blew my mind that I could ever have a video game banned uh, in my house until Grand Theft Auto 3 rolled around. (laughs) It just, you know. And I think I've told this story before, but it's worth telling again during this episode because it is prime time forbidden episode fodder. Um, So my cool uncle... The one who got me into monsters and he got me into, you know, all the heavy metal music and Beavis and Butthead and raunchy comedies. He was also there for me because at the time he was a single guy. He had a PS2 and he had way too much money to spend. So he was buying games left and right. And he never could keep track of his games either because he can only play one at a time. He was one of those guys who like to finish the games that he started i don't Mm. know what that's like weird very weird (laughs) very very foreign concept Uh (laughs) so i went to his house once uh around the couple years after grand theft auto 3 had come out i must have been in like fifth or sixth grade and i hear about these grand theft auto games and i've seen other kids playing them older kids and I'm like, this seems kind of cool. And I don't really know the whole ins and outs of it. The mob thing isn't clicking with me. The the murder isn't clicking with me. Because, again, it's all fake. I don't really, you know, it, it means nothing to me. Right. I'm like, whatever. It's a video game. I'm shooting. Who cares? Right. So I see that he has GTA 3. I'm like, okay, can I borrow this? He was like, yeah, absolutely. The only thing I knew is that it was rated M. And that this was a game that parents historically didn't like. Mm. That's all I knew. So it was one of those where I borrowed it. He knew I was taking it. But I also knew there was a hair of a chance that my parents might not like this game. So I wasn't very blatant about the fact that I took it home. I said, oh, I borrowed a couple games from Uncle DJ. They were like, oh, cool. What'd you get? And I, you know, oh, this, this, uh, okay, whatever. And so they actually even saw me playing this game. I was down in the basement where my PS2 was, where, you know, I spent all of my free time, as we've discussed on earlier episodes. Uh, my dad even came downstairs and he saw me playing Grand Theft Auto 3 at one point. Um, as far as he could tell, it was just a drive a car, shoot a gun sort of game. And he was like, ah, cool, man, whatever. Not, not a big deal. Um, that all changed when we went to my cousin's birthday party and my cousin's neighbor, his family and the kid both came over. It was having, we were having a pool party and, uh, it was fresh in my mind, my uh, my parents' mind, specifically my dad, Grand Theft Auto, that name. And so he starts talking with the neighbor, and they're talking about, oh, yeah, my kid just wanted this, and I just went out and I bought him that, and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know how they got on the subject, and my dad goes, yeah, Derek's been playing this game. I watched a little bit of it uh, called Grand Theft Auto. And the neighbor goes, you let Derek play Grand Theft Auto? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why shouldn't I? And it was like I was watching this like an out-of-body experience. Like I was a thousand miles away, but I was also standing next to them. Time like stood still. I couldn't move 
fast enough to get over to where my parents were having this conversation to try and stop this conversation. <laughs> my dad goes, well, what do you mean? Why, why wouldn't Derek be playing this game? And the guy goes, well, first of all, it's rated M. <laughs> and now all of a sudden from across the fucking room, my mom's ears perk up, you know, like a dog hearing a dog whistle. My mom hears rated M and it's like, Zoned in. <laughs> What's Rob saying? Oh, that video game that Derek borrowed from your brother. Now my uncle's at this party too. He's from on the you know the other <laughs> side of the room. And he goes, oh, shit. huh? And so now the three of them, they're all convening, and they're going. So what's uh, so bad about this game? I saw him driving around shooting a gun. And he goes, yeah, that's in that game. But you know what else is in that game? My dad goes, no, I really don't. Rob goes, well, the thing about it is there are hookers in that game. Oh, yeah. Open now up a whole new game. Now, my mom hears hookers, and my mom goes, what? <laughs> oh, my God. I wanted to die in that pool, Grimey. I wanted to just drown myself, but I couldn't. And I watched it all play out. He goes, yeah, you can pick up hookers in Grand Theft Auto, and... You can even do it with them. Now that's it. I am. I. I know. I'm cooked. I'm done. Now my uncle's getting roped into it. He's being blamed for giving me a game. How could he be so irresponsible for giving Derek Grand Theft Auto to take home and play? And so all I remember it was a blur. The game gets a hard ban. A hard ban. And then they're trying to figure out. How much I've experienced in this game. Have I picked up a hooker, Grimy? Have <laughs> I done things with a hooker? Are they going to have to have the birds and the bees talk with Derek? And I remember going, I don't do anything bad. I just drive the cars and sometimes I shoot. And they go, doesn't matter. You're not playing this <laughs> game in this house. You're not playing this game over anybody else's house. And they took it so far to ask me, do any of your friends have this game? Because I believe wholeheartedly my mother was about to go on. Just ratting everybody out. Uh-huh. Oh. Go on a calling spree, calling up everybody Man. at my elementary school. Do you know what's in this game? Uh, luckily, she didn't. But I thought that's where <laughs> it was going. And, uh, yeah. So GTA, for a while at least, hard ban. Big time forbidden in my parents' house when I was growing up. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have to worry too much about that. Uh, when that that game came out, I think I was in eighth or maybe even ninth grade. I played it over one of my buddy's house for the first time, and I heard all kinds of stories about it. I was like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll play it." And I was kind of blown away immediately. I was like, "Wow, this is really something! I can't believe that this is a game that they're allowing to be made." I, I understood that how bad a lot of these subjects were that appeared in this game, and by the time. I brought it home to my house. Like, I don't think my mom cared that I played it, but I don't think she was very uh, enthusiastic about my little brother playing it on the whim. Mm -hmm. You know, he just like randomly would come in and start playing it. And she's like, you know, I'm learning more and more through this show, this episode, that uh, my mom liked to experiment with us and see how far it would be okay to, to push these little limits and boundaries that she was setting for us. I'm like, all right, well, maybe we'll give him a little bit of GTA 3 and it should be okay. Until it wasn't. And it was like, ah, you know what? No. 
You can't, you can't, don't play this around your little brother anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can have a little GTA 3 as a treat, but don't push it. <laughs> yeah. I think what did it was when there's like that one spot where you, you can't get touched by anything except for bullets. There's, it's, I don't remember exactly where it's at, but there's a spot where you can just sit, put the weapons code in and you can just have infinite life, infinite ammo, infinite weapons. And he gets this thing up to almost the five-star rank or whatever. You, I don't think you can actually get five stars in GTA 3 unless you're doing one of the missions. But he's just sitting there blowing people up just repeatedly, <laughs> like grenade launcher, grenade here, picking up fucking pills and stuff. And I, he just, my mom's just like, yeah, I think this is... This is too much. <laughs> I, I think uh, this crosses a line that I didn't know could be crossed. <laughs> You're here to compete in mortal combat. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. It has begun! Combat rated PG 13. All right, so this one genuine shout out to Mortal Kombat the movie from 1997. Oh man, I was head over heels for this this movie as a, a lot of kids were probably at that time. I mean, kind of the epitome of cool. I mean, yeah. it's the hot, almost banned by the government game turned into yeah. a feature length film. I want to say this might have honestly been the first one that really impacted me the most because it felt like it was specifically something for me. A young kid who's into ninja stuff and fighting games, they just happen to put both of those things together and make a movie out of it. All of my friends are watching it and I'm not allowed because mainly <laughs> I think I fall in the same category as you where I'm like kind of afraid of everything. So they know like this probably isn't going to go well with this kid if he goes and sees it in movie theater. So naturally i'm not allowed to see it long story short my mom works third shift at this point in time it's 10 30 she's gone and i didn't have tv for a good portion of my life but like this one instance it was like a couple months span where we had dish network which came with stars which showed some pretty awesome movies as soon as they hit vhs at the time so my mom leaves my brother's there and he's like hey you want to watch that Mortal Kombat movie, right? And I was like, yeah, well, of course I do. Like, Duh. do I want to see Goro and Sub-Zero on the live fucking screen? Yes, I do, silly goose. So <laughs> he's like, all right, it's going to be on here in like a few minutes. And mom's gone, so I guess it's cool. And we made popcorn and we watched some Mortal Kombat. And it was like one of the greatest moments of my life. But at the same time, I was like, when it was all said and done, I, I couldn't watch this. Like, well. It wasn't scary, and it really wasn't all that horrible. It wasn't, like, the worst thing I'd ever seen at that point in time. So, like, why, why, why couldn't I watch this? I think, uh, I, I, you know, I can't speak for your mom, but I'm going to speak for all moms. I just feel like Mortal Kombat had a bit of that sensationalism where everybody yeah. was just, you know, again, I mentioned it as a joke in that last segment in at the top of this one, but really... As soon as something has the national stage the way that Mortal Kombat does, I think people are way more inclined to to go along with 
the idea that it needs to be banned yeah. uh, simply because like everybody's talking about it. It's almost like you don't want to be the parent that let your kid watch the Mortal Kombat movie or play Mortal Kombat the game because like, here we go. We've got senators talking about how terrible it is and how it's corrupting our youth. And and I'm going to be the bomb that lets my kid watch the Mortal Kombat movie? I don't think so. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, on one hand, I do think that that's probably the case. But in the other, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say with my folks because they were so like back and forth with what they would allow us to do. Like, no, maybe you shouldn't drink Surge, but like, here's your Kool-Aid that's got probably more sugar in it and just no caffeine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, (laughs) I guess in a sense, Mortal Kombat the movie was the Surge to, uh, I don't know, help me complete it. <laughs> a street Fighter, Stripe for Street Fighter, the movie being the high C orange. <laughs> I, sure. Van Damme. Why yeah, not? He's a horrible movie, but uh, Van Damme's a nice, respectable man, though. You yeah, know? he is. There's no killing in Street Fighter. Everything's fine. They just fight. There are no four armed men in Street Fighter grind. Oh, man. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I heard that Goro was going to be in that movie, I flipped. And like I heard so many people talk about this this whole movie quoting things and I'm just in the background like a freaking ding dong like what are you talking about man <laughs> I have no idea Oh, it's that new Mortal Kombat movie. No big deal. My mom and my dad took me to see it in the theater last night. We've seen it six times. We're having a blast at the beach. That's why we're into Beach Blast Barbie. Beach Blast Barbie. Into setting all the trends. Beach Blast Barbie is the one with all the friends. She's into clip-on hair that turns pink in the sun. Wow. Beach Blast Barbie. You're the one. We're into Barbie. We're into Barbie. Beach Blast Barbie doll and friends. Beach party set and buggy each sold separately. You put accessories together. New from the town. This is my last uh, forbidden item of the evening. And I went out of my way to be very vague about this so that you know nothing. You have no context. You have no understanding right now. Is that correct? It's true. I asked him about this and he stood silent, just smiling. And he said, wait until the show. Here we are. I'm so curious because most of these words I feel like shouldn't be in the same sentence. Can you read my pick out loud for the for the people at home? <laughs> Let me just pull it up really quick here. Cuz I it's so many different words that I I barely remember them. <laughs> okay, you ready for this? Red paint and in parentheses we have the summer school Barbie massacre. Which sounds like family-friendly fun. Right. So if you had to take like a blind stab at this, I, like what's your theory? Just quick, give me a 30-second theory of what this forbidden thing could be with all of those words uh, jumbling around in your head. Make so sense of it. the first thing that popped in my head was that maybe this was like a prank, Barbies, and you're pretending that they got killed with red paint. Okay. All right. So- a prank with Barbies being dead. Yeah, that's what I got out of it. The year is 2001. <laughs> September 12th, 2001. The year of our Lord, 2001. <laughs> 
One day after September 11th, 2001. Oh, Jesus. A nation in mourning, Crimey. That's not funny, but what's coming is very funny. I tell you this to set the stage. Everybody is very sensitive. Rightfully so. Sure. The Twin Towers were hit and collapsed. A war on terror right around the corner. Many, many lives lost. Shock. Terrorism as it rings throughout our country. Of course, it affected everybody. My parents being two of those people. Very sensitive at this point. Uh, Looking out for signs. Uh, as everybody was, for things that might be off or wrong. Lots of tension. Lots of tension and easily um, pushed over the edge, uh, offended. Oh, Let's put it that way. Edging people. (laughs) Yes, edging. Lots of edging going on at that point. (laughs) Right on. Lots of edging. Big fan. (laughs) Now, I I didn't think that, uh, you know, I'd be ending this show (laughs) by going into... A fucking monologue about 9-11. But it's true. I needed to do this. I needed to set the stage for you guys. Yeah. All to say that at a certain point in my childhood, right around 9-11, right after, red paint, like actual red paint, was banned in my household because I decided to try something. <laughs> Something a little bit interesting, a little bit avant-garde, if I will. Uh, Creative. I'll give myself that, my younger self. Very creative. Um, Maybe not executed uh, in the smartest way possible. Um, So, yeah, uh, 9-11 had just happened. And the other big event in my life was that my parents had just gotten a chest freezer. (laughs) Oh, wow. I know, you know, two ends of the spectrum. Uh, 9-11, chest freezer. In my kid mind, both equally important. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you're probably going, what are you talking about? What does any of this mean? Well, the chest freezer is really the key here because chest freezers come in huge, huge cardboard boxes and uh we decided my sister and i that we wanted to keep that big cardboard box and we wanted to turn it into a little uh like playhouse a little clubhouse that's most kids would of course and that was a very easy uh thing to convince my parents to do uh so very accommodatingly my dad said absolutely we kept that big box down in the in the cellar in the basement he cut out some windows for us. He cut out a door. You know, I mean, for, for next to nothing, we have this kick-ass clubhouse. And and my parents are encouraging us, oh, you can decorate the outside. You can decorate the inside. Decorate the walls if you want. I love this idea. I'm like, great. We can not only have a clubhouse, we can draw on the walls of the clubhouse. This thing, this is a great idea. And so instead of drawing at first, you know what the first thing I did in this clubhouse was, Grimy? You know that scene in Wayne's World? It's not bad yet. It's not bad. This is still good. We're still in good territory. I'll let you know when it's going south. Uh, You know, in in Garth's uh, car, they've got the licorice licorice dispenser? Yeah. Yeah. 
I fell in love with this idea when I was a kid. And I said, oh, my God. You know what the, I want in my clubhouse? I want a licorice dispenser oh, in the ceiling. That not licorice in specific looks fucking amazing, too. It, mm-hmm. it looks completely different than any licorice I've ever seen. So, yeah, I am so loud and soft, clear. Delicious. A little chew, but mostly soft. Garth's licorice looked amazing. And Define. I said, I want that. So I made it happen. I actually fashioned a little holder. I went upstairs. I grabbed like 10 of my dad's Twizzlers from his personal stash. I shoved them in this in this holder <laughs> that's in the corner of this clubhouse. I tape up this like little, like it was probably like a fucking Kool-Aid container that I used scissors to cut a little hole out of. So I can pull Twizzlers out oh of my it. God. So I am having a great time, right? Well, you know, September, what comes right after October. And so this is the time in my life where not only am I getting inspired by Wayne's world, I'm getting inspired by a little movie called summer school, which I've mentioned on the show before. Uh, I believe in the drive in episode, but maybe it's just a different summer episode in general. One of my favorite 80s movies, it's about a bunch of kids, they have to do school over, you know, summer classes, blah, blah, blah. The thing that always uh, stuck with me in that movie were the two guys, Chainsaw and Dave. They're horror-obsessed kids, they love doing special effects makeup, and then there's a whole scene where they try to scare away a substitute teacher by doing horror special effects makeup on all the kids in the class. And, you know, one kid's eye is falling out uh, and there's a pencil shoved through his eyeball. Another one's got his, you know, wrist slash. And another one's got like a ruler shoved in her mouth. That scene, I was like, hey, you know what I could do this Halloween (laughs) is make a haunted house in my basement and charge people 25 cents a head to get in. This is what my kid brain is telling me. Okay. So I said, okay, this is what I have to do. Because not only do I have a whole basement, but now I've got a clubhouse that I can decorate as well. Okay. Oh, yeah. So again, let's toss it back quickly. A nation in mourning. Everybody's sensitive. Blood and gore. Thumbs down. Nobody likes it. Big (laughs) no-no. Derek decides he's going to do a haunted house. What's the first thing that Derek does thinking back to summer school? I need to have a bunch of dead bodies laying around. So I go and I raid my sister's Barbie collection. And when I tell you I am fucking these Barbies up, dude, you have no idea. I grab a pair of scissors. I'm chopping the heads off of some Barbies. I'm chopping arms off of some of these Barbies. Some of them are just getting a haircut for I don't know what. And then (laughs) to top it all off, we have this big old bottle of washable, but still staining <laughs> red paint. Oh, my God. And I go, that's it. That's how I'm selling this whole haunted house. The finishing touches. <laughs> we need blood, and we need to make it look like a Barbie massacre down here. That's going to be the selling point of this haunted house. So my parents walk down into the basement. While I'm mid spraying red paint all over the place, all over these beheaded, chopped up Barbies. And I swear to God, I thought my mom was about to faint and fall down the stairs. Oh, my God. She is trying, not only trying to understand why I've chopped up, like, 
probably hundreds of dollars worth of Barbies at this point. They're also trying to figure out why I'm making it look like blood, why there's red paint all over the basement, why I just ruined the clubhouse that I was so in love with. (laughs) And of course, death not going over big at this point. Not in our country. Uh, not not good. Not something that we want to be thinking about. Right. So, all of these things combined, not only do I have the movie Summer School placed on a ban. I mean, we saw that one coming, didn't we? Yeah, totally. I also get red paint in general and paint in general placed on a ban in my house, which is a problem for me as a kid, a budding artist that I couldn't use some craft supplies. Uh, (laughs) That's when you know you really fucked up bad, is when they ban a whole craft substance. (laughs) Wow. Unreal. That's definitely not where I thought that was going, but I really love it. I love that you were inspired by not just Wayne's World, but also Summer School and the two probably the best characters in the movie who do an absolutely stunning job on their prosthetics, by the way. Fantastic. That's one of my favorite, favorite movies that Derek helped me rediscover recent years just absolutely amazing the garth twizzlers absolutely excellent i love it i know it sounds bad but you have to understand that this was coming from like a kid's imagination at the time you know like this isn't like a full-grown adult that's thinking this shit's funny it's like it's through through the innocence of a child who doesn't really know better the, which makes it so much better. <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to make the scariest haunted house attraction to make quarters that I possibly can. Yeah. And in my defense, I did give my mom and my parents quite a fright. I'm pretty sure that they thought there was something wrong with me, like that I was like, oh, I'm sure possibly like, a psychopath. I'm pretty sure he or, needs to be in a padded room. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. So technically, uh, I did scare people. So mission accomplished there. If anything, I, I went above and beyond. <laughs> yeah, you just didn't get paid. You should have gotten paid. Okay, we have some words. That's pretty much all the time we have for now. We would like to thank you for listening. And if you dig what you just heard, make sure you check us out on all social media platforms. At Leftover Pizza Podcast on Instagram, as well as over on the New Guy threads. And after that, go ahead and check us out over on Twitter at LFTOVR Pizza Club. And you can also check us out on Facebook We have a page, Just Leftover Pizza. And while you're there liking our page, you can also join the Leftover Pizza Club, which is a nice little community where we can uh, all hang out and and talk about, oh, God, what we've been talking about recently, uh, discounted Valentine's Day candy. We've been talking about that in the group. Uh, So, yeah, Leftover Pizza Club. It's a great place to hang and meet some new like-minded peeps. Absolutely. And if that wasn't enough, go on over and check out our website, leftoverpizzaclub.com, where you can read all kinds of nostalgic articles and reviews. And don't forget, we're also on Patreon. Three bucks a month gets you access to our Patreon-exclusive monthly bonus show. And lastly, wherever you're listening to us, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. All that stuff helps us an awful lot, and we appreciate it very much. 
very, very much. And hey, you got to leave those reviews if you want to be mentioned at the top of the episodes going forward with our reviews of the month. So we're looking forward to hearing from you folks over on Apple Podcasts or hey, if you leave a written review on another app that we don't regularly check, send us a screenshot over on Instagram or on the Facebook group or through Twitter. Uh, that you left us a review and you might be in the running to get mentioned and plugged and thanked on our next episodes. Yes, we will plug you. I'll plug <laughs> you. I'll plug you very good. Yeah.